That doesn't sound like country. Internet Radio broadcast live and direct from Straight Stuff Studios here on a beautiful almost spring day. Uh, thanks for joining us this evening for episode number I don't know uh, and about two years of broadcasting. So if you've been listening to us for a long time, thanks for being with us. If it's your first, I hope you enjoy the show. I'm going to introduce our host for our show this evening and every Sunday at 7, Mr. Rick Atwater, ladies and gentlemen. Woohoo! It's quiet. We don't have a studio audience tonight, so you have to, you know, me. Yeah, we have to. We have to make do. We have to do what we have to do. So yeah. So welcome to uh, Recovery Internet Radio. Tonight our tag is he turned it around, transforming tragedy. Um, and uh, again, thanks for joining us this Sunday evening, where we are every Sunday evening at seven o'clock. Thanks to Chris, our engineer, Ew. and our guest Johnny. Hi. That was a good start. Yeah. I like that. Now we, this is it. This is where we're going now. Good. Yeah. So, and uh, just a couple things. You can call. Um, you can call in for questions or comments or opinions um, at three two three seven nine two two nine seven seven. That's three two three seven nine two two nine seven seven. Or you can tweet us at Rick Atwater. Yeah. Like right now. If you're listening to the show, you can tweet. You know, you got a question. You don't want to call. You know, you're embarrassed. Maybe you don't want to. You know, it's a little. You, you don't want tweet. to be shy. You could just. You could just send a quick text. You'd probably like to hear some of the show first before you tweet, though, because mm. otherwise you wouldn't really have much to tweet about, would you? That's true. <laughs> anyway, if you're if you're okay. doing the Twitter thing, it's at Rick at one. <laughs> All right, we're we're just kind of processing here a little bit, trying to trying to work this stuff out. So re- remember to check out recoveryinternetradio.com. That's recoveryinternetradio.com. For all our archive shows and recovery resources. And we have, since we've been doing this for almost two years, we're probably right around 100 shows. Mm-hmm. And those are all in the archives. So anytime you want to listen to any of the shows that we've done, um, you can listen there. Yeah, just really quick, let me tell, let me tell everybody uh, out there that it, we get a lot of our listens uh, after the show. I mean, this is live and you can interact with us directly on Sunday nights from 7 to 8, but... Uh, a lot of people download it for listening later. We are available on uh, iTunes. Yes. You can uh, go to the website, that's recoveryinternetradio.com, and, and link to all the archives and download the episode, listen to it later, you know, when you're driving to work or when you're on the train or, or whatever it might be. So, okay, check it out. Okay, fair enough. And then uh, if, we do, if we do any plugs, we'll do them at halftime or after halftime. Roger. Uh, that's a big 10-4. Okay. I, think, I don't know. You ready to roll? I'm ready if you are. I, I, I'm, I couldn't be readier. <laughs> readier, ready. Okay. <laughs> it's gonna be that kind of. Night. It's gonna be that kind of night. So, um, so let's just let's just start. You know, um, talk about a little bit about like where where you came from, where you grew up, that kind of thing. Um, my name is Johnny. I am an alcoholic, and and you know, uh, I grew up in uh, the inner city of Chicago, and and. Uh, 
You know, I I uh, was the second oldest of four children. I had an older brother, younger brother, and a younger daughter. And uh, my mom drank a lot, and it was always chaos going on. And um, you know, in in that time, it was the early '70s, and and. You know, every day I came home from school, I didn't know what kind of drunk my mom was going to be. Was she going to be the happy drunk or was she going to be the mean drunk? And nine times out of ten, she was the mean drunk. Hmm. You know, she she drank a lot and she abused us mentally and physically. And, um, you know, there was always some kind of party going on because my uncles and aunts all drank also. And my grandma was always around drinking. Um, was your dad in the picture? No. My what? dad was not in the picture. Uh, he was in the picture long enough to have two boys. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was out of the picture. And then he was out of the picture. That, Got it. that was it. You know? yeah. And I uh, never knew who my, uh, sister, my, who my sister's dad was. To this day, I don't know. And uh, never met my older brother's dad. But uh, my older brother was always in Wisconsin, hunting and fishing and what have you. And... Um, you know, it was, uh, he checked out of high school after the first year. He didn't finish high school, and he was just living in Wisconsin. What, what uh, high school did he go to? Sen. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, right off of Ridge and uh, uh, Clark. Yeah? Right Is over that where there. you went? No, I went to Lane Tech for oh. three years. Oh, okay. You know, and, and then I moved out to the suburbs. Um you know, but by then, I was already sampling the booze because there was always open cans laying around. And, you know, my, my family thought it was funny to have the toddler picking up booze and then kind of staggering around like it was no big deal. Um, there was a lot of racial tension back then. I remember getting chased home from school because I went to Swift, which was like four blocks away. And I lived on the uh, in the uptown area. Mm-hmm. Not, not in the uptown area, but... Uh, more by Bryn Mawr and Broadway, so I don't know. Edgewater, that mm-hmm. was the name of the area we were in. And uh, I remember getting chased home from school by a, a couple uh, black kids. And, uh, you know, so it was always crazy. And the buildings we lived in were crazy. And, and uh, you know, before I, I got out of that neighborhood, my younger brother died in an elevator accident when I was eight. Mm. You know, and, and, and he died. And um, so then it was just my mom, me, and my sister. And um, in that time, my dad came back around because that was his son and did the weekend dad thing. And mm. I would go to, to his house, which was in a better area. Yeah. It was near Jefferson Park. And and we lived, and I, and I would go back and forth doing that. And my sister didn't get to do that. She... She was, stayed with your mom. Yeah, she yeah. was with my mom most of the time. And, and uh, you know, it was always crazy. There was always something going on. And, I mean, I came back, and, and I heard about a lot of the fights that would go on. You know, people would break in the apartment, and and uh, then my uncles would load up their guns, and they'd go retaliate, you know, with my brother, and because and, uh, he was still around then. And I remember her saying that they had an ice pick to my brother's throat. And, and all kinds of craziness. I mean, there was just drugs and violence and drinking going on. And, um, you know, when my dad said I was going to go live with him for eighth grade, I'm like, 
oh, okay. Didn't give me a choice, but it's like, okay, you know, so I went. Like lift. it seemed like a, a, a good thing? Yeah, 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 because I wasn't in that ghetto type yeah. atmosphere. So I lived with my dad for eighth grade, graduated, and then lived with him for freshman year and his wife and her uh, kids. Because hmm. uh, I had a stepsister, a stepbrother, and a, a, two stepsisters and a, and a brother. And I got to know them a lot, and uh, there wasn't no drinking then. I didn't mm. drink then, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, except for like on a Sunday afternoon, I I was able to have a Michelob. Yeah. My dad was from Europe, Luxembourg, and and uh, and that was like our big thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I always wanted more. I right. got the one beer, and I wanted more. Uh-huh. It's like. It, 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 the way you said it, it's like you had a Michelob. You didn't have a beer. You had a Michelob. It, you know, it's like that's, that's somehow what, that's different. You know, like yeah. For my dad, it was. Yeah. He, he drank the. It was like high class stuff. Michelob. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Heineken, that was you know? like. That was like the the. You know, like if. You know, GM has has layers. We got Budweiser down here. That's yeah. the Chevrolet, and, and now we got Michelob. Yeah, my that's mom kind of... drank red, white, and blue. <laughs> <laughs> and she drank it warm. So I mean, it was right. Uh, okay. Difference, you know. Okay. That's what, that's yeah. What so, it is. so then, okay. uh, so my my stepmom took off because my dad was manic depressive, mm. and they didn't drink a lot. But he, there was a time when he would just lay in bed and not go to work, mm. and she got tired of that, and she took off with, with her three children, and it was just me and him in the house. So he had the depressive side mostly yeah, of the yeah. of the manic depressive. Yeah. Yeah. He was not he the was, manic side. No, it was all just lay in bed and not do anything, you know, yeah. and, and uh, you know, not go to work. And people would call, but, you know, it was like, okay, whatever, you know. And I don't know what was going on. I'd go to school. And so for like half of my freshman year of high school, I was just going to school and not knowing what was going on. They kept me out of the loop, you know. And then my between in the summer, I would go to my mom's and I stayed with my mom for the summer between freshman and sophomore year back in the ghetto again mm-hmm. in a different area. We were over by Loyola University off of Sheridan Road and uh, all of a sudden she went to go meet my dad for a drink and uh, next thing I know, I'm living with my mom again. He took off to uh, Europe. Mm. And so then back to the party atmosphere and... Uh, you know, hung out with my uncle a lot because he was a hippie and, uh, you know, started drinking and using uh, marijuana and uh, and that was it. Um, you know, but then did that for two years and then the last year of high school, my stepmom came back in the picture, found us in the ghetto and moved us all out to Mount Prospect. Um, with her and, yeah. and your dad? No, my dad was in Europe. Oh. Yeah, so he was gone. So your stepmom kind of like she came back rescued you from yeah. that particular craziness. Yeah, she came back and craziness. Rescued, you know, she was with a new guy, and and, uh, um, and we went and lived in Mount Prospect. And we tried to do an intervention on my mom because she was still drinking. But um, she's like, F this. And she took off. Mm-hmm. In that time period, though, before my stepmom came, we had a lawsuit going with the elevator company that my brother died from and the realty company in the building that he died in. And uh, my mom got a little bit of money. You know, like I remember 20 grand 
a lump sum from the elevator company, and then the realty company filed bankruptcy, and they were giving us a little bit here and there. She pissed it all away. Hmm. She just drank it all, gave it to... I mean, we had all these leeches that came out of the woodwork, like they were our best friends. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're living in the ghetto, and somebody gets 20 grand, that's like a million. It's a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I mean, she lived on welfare, so I mean... Right. You know, I mean, instead of moving us, moving us out of the ghetto, we stayed with that kind of money. And just pissed it all away. Right. You know. Um, but then she was still getting some money. And when when uh, we we did the intervention, she had money in her pocket. Right. She left. Yeah. And the last time I had seen her was at my graduation. Because I graduated out in uh, Arlington Heights at John Hersey. And uh, she was drunk. Hmm. Thanks for showing up at my graduation. Appreciate it. <laughs> you know. And uh, and have you, you've, have, you've seen her since or no? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. That that was uh, like twenty years later. Mm. You spent after twenty years after the graduation, after the graduation. episode. You yeah. didn't see her in between there at no, all. No, not at all. I no. didn't have no idea where she was. Yeah. So and, and uh, so, but then I found you know my step parents smoked weed. Mm. So I was like, okay, I'll do this, you know, because mm-hmm. I asked them to make me something to eat. And they're like, you don't understand what condition I'm in. I can't make you something to eat. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's only weed. It's nothing. So then I smoked some of the weed, and that became an everyday thing. You know, smoking weed, drinking, and and uh, and also like my last year of high school was just like, hey, whatever. <laughs> you know. Did you get through? You got through yeah, high school. Yeah, graduated high school, and and uh, you know they they said that if you want to continue with school, that's fine. We'll help you. But if not, then you're gonna pay rent. That's what I did. Mm-hmm. I said, screw school. I'm done. I'm done. I served my time. I'm done. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to just, you know, drink right. and, you know what I mean? You always had those people that uh, you had the beer bong parties and a lot of weed and a lot of booze, you know, and, and I did that, you know. And, did that seem pretty normal to you? Yeah. Yeah, because that's what I grew up to. Right. I, I grew up in a drinking and, and uh, not so much the drugs, but I grew up drinking. Party. Yeah, party. Yeah, always party partying, time, sure. You know. So, uh, you know, it was just like a weekend warrior type thing with the beer bong parties, but always weed. Always weed. Mm-hmm. But then I found out, you know, because we moved back to the city, and, and that's where I grew up. I knew all about the city. Right. You know, I found out that if I didn't shave, I'd get in the bars. Didn't have to worry about the age requirement, you know. I just let it grow. And, and so I was hanging out in bars in Rogers, East Rogers Park. How old and, were you? 19? Uh, 18? 18. Mm-hmm. 18, 19. You know, and I loved it. I walked into the bar, smoke-filled rooms, and dancing, and chits, and drinking. Drinking, underlying thing, you know, because when I drank, it it removed me from what I thought of myself. Mm. You know, I didn't have to think of myself as a loser. Mm. You know, I drank, and I felt better than everybody. Mm. You know, I could talk to people. I, it was a, what, what do they call it, a social lubricant. Sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. Sure. So I, I drank a lot, and, um, you know, and I found cocaine, mm-hmm. which helped me drink more. Mm-hmm. So the party was just, like, never-ending as long as I had the money. So I continued to work, and, you know, not not big jobs, you know, just, just you know, enough that I had enough money to drink. You know, I get paid, go out and party. And um, it used to be the weekend warrior thing, and then it uh, started, like, Wednesday or Thursday night mm-hmm. and kind of kept going until Monday, Tuesday. So like I only got a couple days break 
And the weekends so get kind of long. Yeah, the weekends <laughs> got real long. <laughs> the weekends got real long. Um, and, you know, that was like that uh, forever. I mean, it, that's just how my drinking was. You know, as long as I had enough money to drink, everything was okay. I tried to go back to school because I was like, you know, I'm getting nowhere in life. I need mm. to get yeah. to, you know, to get a good job, I need to go to school. So I saw some ad on TV, called them up, and they said, oh, yeah, we can get you schooling, and here we'll have a signed guaranteed student loan, blah, blah, blah. And I went to DeVry for like a year. Um, but in that time, my stepmom had bought a bar, and I thought that was the best thing since sliced bread, <laughs> you know? I was like, man, this is great. So the I went, job and the drinking were all wrapped into the one stop shopping right there. Yeah, what could yeah. be better? What could be better? So I was going to work in the morning. I worked at a hardware store downtown. Um, I was going to school in the afternoon, and then I went to work at the bar, which, of course, drank a lot. Sure, and you can tell people you had two jobs and you were going to school. So they would go, man, this guy's going somewhere. This guy's a, this guy's a star. <laughs> this, this, yeah, this guy, this guy had, is a superstar. All they had to do was look from the outside, and they knew this guy was screwed. Because <laughs> my drinking overrode everything. Did it? Um, I stayed at the bar until they closed. Uh, it didn't take my stepmom long to figure out that she had to put a limit on how much free booze I could have. It was like a $20 limit. That's it. That's all he can have. Mm-hmm. If he wants to drink more, then he's got to pay. And, um, man, there were times where I was supposed to be managing the place, and the next thing I knew, the cash register was empty. We had no more bartenders. She left with all the money. And they were like, what the hell happened? I don't know. I drank a whole bottle of Tanqueray. I don't know what to tell you. You know I mean? Hard booze to me just weren't good. I would black out. Yeah. You know, and then, like, in the summertime, I'd drink vodka lemonade. I wouldn't even know how many vodka lemonades I would have. Mm. It would it would just go down so smooth and just have no clue. And they'd be like, "You did this." I'd be like, "No, I didn't do that." Are you kidding me? I I'm not like that. Oh, well, you were that night, you know. And and uh, I'd always I'd always come out of the blackout, or whatever, going, "What happened?" Yeah. Well, I mean, and then I go to the bar because, of course, that's where I went, and they'd be like, "Well, this is what happened." And so, piece together the story. Yeah, from there. piece together the story. So for like a year, I was doing this: the the work in the morning, school in the afternoon, and, and blackout and, at night. Yeah, closing the bar at night. Right. You know, and then of course I found the four o'clock joints after we closed the two o'clock joint. You know. Right. And uh, in that time, I felt like I was just going to flip out. I was mm. going to have a mental breakdown because I, I just couldn't handle the stress of everything going on. So I'm like, well, I'm not giving up the job. Because that gives me money so I can drink and, blue, and drug. And I'm not giving up the bar because that's what I live for. So the school got to go. Yeah, the school yeah. the school went. Yeah. Yeah. Something's got to go. Yeah. Too, too much, too much going stress. Yeah. So I went to work full time and I went to the bar full time, which was already a full time job. But uh, I worked downtown and I was able to get from Grand Avenue in Orleans to the bar in uh, Bucktown, uh, uh, Fullerton and Western. In like, I don't know, 15 minutes. Because I just drive down Clybourne and just Elston and boom, I mm-hmm. just race down. And I'd get off at 2.30 and I'd be at the bar by 2.45 drinking. And I'd drink for a good 12 hours. And then sometimes I'd pass out in front of the bar. Sometimes I'd be like, man, I, I, sh- I should just go to work. Because they trusted me. They gave me a key to the padlock in the, in, the, in the parking lot. And I'd just go there. And one time my boss hosed me down. 
My window was open. He just took the hose and woke me up. A little wake-up call. Yeah, a little wake-up call, you know. Um, and that was just, like, never-ending. Um, you were still I, working at the hardware store then, or...? I was still working yeah. at the hardware store, yep, yep, because I went full-time. They're like, oh, yeah, you can work full-time here, no problem, you know, that's good. So you just go right from the bar to the parking lot? Yeah. And then? Yep, and then uh, I found out that if, you know, because there's always people willing to pay money to get a good deal. And I worked at the hardware store, so I just got to know the contractors, and the five-finger discount started happening. Hmm. Um, I was selling stuff on the side. And they would meet me at the bar later and pay me cash for what hmm. I gave them. Hmm. And this went on. I found this out in like the first six months to a year I worked at the hardware store. Hmm. And I had the shipping and receiving, so I shipped all the stuff UPS. Yeah. You know, I sure. You know, hey, they don't need a receipt. I'm shipping it out. And um, a lot of I couldn't even tell you how much I stole. Hmm. You know, but uh, somebody knocked on me. Damn it. <laughs> how dare they? How yeah. dare they? Either that or you got careless, but whatever. Yeah, you know? I probably got too careless. Yeah, you know? I mean, because I was just—I had so many like I had like I don't even know how many contractors. What were you, what was were you thinking at that time? I mean, were you thinking at all, or what were you? Thinking? I was, you know what? I was drinking a lot. I, I was I was doing a lot of cocaine. I was smoking a lot of weed. I was just always—they call me Good Time John. Because wherever I was, we were partying. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we were hitting it hard. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I was, I got married at the time, in that time I was working there. Um, this chick, uh, she was my roommate's girlfriend. So he says. But according to her, <laughs> according to her, yeah. she wasn't. Yeah, she, was, right. she was available. Yeah. You know, but she did a lot of cocaine and he didn't like it. So we said, you know, we'll meet up over in April and. Here we go. Sure. You know, so we met up, did all the cocaine. Yeah, it's, it's important to have common interests. You know? Have common interests, right. absolutely. Well, one thing led to another, and we started uh, having an affair. And uh, she asked me to move in, and I said, I don't think that's a good idea. So then she wrote out a little piece of paper and said, well, how about we get married? Now i got to think about this, you know. And where do I go to think? Mm-hmm. I go to the bar. Sure. So after a couple shots of tequila and, you know, a couple hours, hey, you know what? That sounds like a good idea. Let's get married. <laughs> Absolutely. So we got married. Hmm. And, um, of course, the night before the wedding, of course, we were just going downtown. We didn't have the money. For yeah, you're just going to get yeah, the I mean, license. I was spending, and, yeah, I, yeah. Was, I spent all my money. Basically, this was moving in together with a license. Yeah, there yeah. you go. There you go. That was it, you yeah. know. So we, uh, we got married, and it was just, man. She did a lot of drugs, I did a lot of drinking, and we just melded it together. And it was like a volcano. I mean, Mm. by then I was smoking cocaine. Her mom was a drug dealer, so it was just like a mess. Mm. And all the paranoia went with it. I was constantly looking out the windows, you know, to say, is that a cop there? He knows what we're doing. You know, and and uh, are you still and you're still playing games at the hardware store? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Still playing games at the hardware store. Got to implement my income, you know, mm-hmm. supplement my income. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I walked into work one day, and um, they, I mean, one of the guys was like, "Man, you better get out of here." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" I'm all hungover. Mm-hmm. By then, I, they switched my shift to the later shift because I just couldn't get to work at seven. So they made it nine, nine thirty. I'm like, "Okay, I can do that." <laughs> Very accommodating, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, they were accommodating for me, you know. Uh, 
Well, of course, I drank with my boss, so that that worked out. You know, right. so he was the late shift guy. Oh yeah, right. yeah, we'll make you later. That's if anybody good. wonders, like if employers can enable. I mean, that's a good. Oh, they they enabled me just fine because oh, yeah. we all drank together and it was all good. Sure. But um, yeah, when when uh when when they told me that I should get out of there, I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm just kind of done. You know, I don't want to I don't want to run. Right. Running is just too much. Yeah, it's just too much. You know, here, right. whatever you're going to do, you're going to do. Mm-hmm. You, know, you think and, there was a part of you that wanted to get caught and be, have it over with? or Probably. It was, yeah. a, lot of, it was a lot of work. Yeah. You know, all the lying and stealing and all that stuff. It's it exhausting. Was, it was very exhausting. Yeah. You know? so, um, did you, have, I, did I you did, have a conscience? I don't know. I don't know if I had a conscience. You know, I, I probably did because some of the times I was drinking with, like, all my bosses, I felt like I wanted to tell them, yeah. you know, that I'm stealing from you. Yeah. But then I'm like, well, wait, if I say that, then I'm screwed. Yeah. Yeah, I don't right. want to go to jail. Right. You know, I did, I did overnighters, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I get locked up for drunk and disorderly or whatever, and I get out the next day, no big deal. You know, or driving, you know, uh, driving tickets. I did a lot of field sobriety tests and usually passed them because I was doing so much cocaine. <laughs> But um, <laughs> you know I don't get any ideas out there. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, no, hey. don't get uh, yeah. don't do that, man. You know what? The cocaine brought me to my knees quicker as far right. as to you know right. getting to the bottom. Um, but plus they breath they breathalyze you now anyway every time. So oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. They didn't do that back then. No. Back, back then you could have the fifty behind your driver's license. And the cops would take the 50 and give you your wallet back and say, okay, have a good night. Be safe. Right. Not and anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. You can't do that these days, which is good. Yeah. Which is good because alkies like us don't need loopholes like that. No. So. <laughs> no, indeed. You know, um, so in that time, though, my my drinking got so bad that my my wife at the time said, you know what? I think you need to move out for a while. You need, you need, we need a break. Yeah. It'll help us if we separate for a while. Yeah. Come to find out, she's sleeping with my stepbrother. Oh. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, wow. You know, and, and, and it wasn't that big a shock, but I didn't find that out until later. Like mm-hmm. after a three-day binge, my stepsister called me and said, hey, I got to let you know because I'm tired of seeing this going on. Your wife's cheating with my mm-hmm. brother. Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. and of course, thank God, you know, because I raced to the house. To like confront them. Mm-hmm. Luckily, they were at Great Flags, mm-hmm. Great America. Great America, yeah. sure. So they weren't home. Right. But I tore a place apart, found his clothes, and said, "Yep, there you go. There's the evidence. They're they're living together, and, mm-hmm. and that's it." So that marriage ended, you know, due to you know her screwing around, of course. Right. But, well, I mean, it had nothing to do with me. You know, not that I was drinking all the time and never home. And one time I was drinking so so much that I never made it home. So she came to the bar with a change of clothes and a razor. Hmm. So, I mean, there was things like that, red flags, that maybe my married life wasn't so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe. <Those> maybe. Are, <laughs> you know, red, red flags is not, doesn't even capture what that really is. <laughs> red flags would... Well, did, would that occur to, did that occur to you? I mean, did that come up as... as would, would you have called that a red flag for yourself? Or no, is that not no, on radar? no. This is in hindsight. That's just this, life. That's yeah. Just, this, this was just this normal. This is Johnny living life. Yeah, I was living large. Everything's fine. <laughs> you were, well, we, we're, we're going to quit in a minute, but I want to hear the end of the, 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 right when the guy in the hardware store says, you better get out of here. What happens next? You decide not to run. Right. I didn't run. Okay. 
I went into work, clocked in, and they took me upstairs to an office. Yeah. And there was a couple of detectives there, and they were interviewing me, and I had all these notebooks in my pocket of all these lists. Of all the guys you were distributing to. Well, yeah, that, that was their wants list. You know, like they need, oh. a, they need a chop saw, they need a drill, they need you. this, yeah, they yeah. need that. But then mm-hmm. that was like, I could have those, but I didn't have any names with them. I see. But it's still evidence right. that they used. Mm-hmm. You know, and they had the boxes that I was shipping out, and they had the name and address of a guy that, uh, funny to say, he's in recovery now. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that? Yeah, imagine yeah, that. Imagine that, you know. But that, those were the people that I hung out with. Right. You know, was liars, cheats, and thieves, and drinkers just like me. Right. You know, and, uh, yeah, so I got busted. Um, I stayed overnight at Belmont Western, and uh, and uh, I got a felony conviction on that. Mm. You know, I got a public defender, and... Uh, they said, no, you shouldn't take this deal because it's a felony. And I said, yeah, but you said I'm not going to serve any jail time. Yeah, that's true. You won't serve any jail time if you take this deal. Done deal. I'll, I, take, the, I'll take the felony. I'll take the felony. I don't want to do any serious jail time right. because that could have been the outcome of that. Right. right. If, you'd have gone, if you'd have gone to court, you might have had to I might have had jail time to, right. and maybe end up with the felony anyway. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, right, because anything over three hundred dollars right. is a felony. Sure. And, and, so and I'm like, they got me because just the two drills I was sending out. That's enough to put you over the mark. That was life. over the mark. So you didn't do any time on that. I didn't do any time on that. I got probation, and I had to like go every month to, you know, pay my fine. I had to pay like court costs. Yeah. There wasn't any restitution to the hardware store, but I had to pay the court costs, and I got the felony wrap. Did the hardware store finally let you go? Um, I was fired officially when they walked me out in handcuffs Okay. from the hardware store. I see. So, yeah, and then I wanted my leather jacket, and the owner of the hardware store said, yeah, just ask me for that, is what I was told. Because I went back to give them the keys to the hardware store, and they threw me out. In no uncertain terms, and said, "Don't ever come back here." Yeah, so they weren't happy with you. No, 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 no. My boss was pissed because we were drinking buddies. And he felt like he was personally I betrayed. betrayed. Him. Right, sure. I betrayed him. Right. You know, which I understood. Well, yeah, that's the way it works. Yeah, that's the way it works in drug and alcohol land. Yeah, yeah. All's well, fair. All's fair in love and war. Okay, we're gonna take we're gonna take a break. We're gonna take a break, and what are we gonna hear? Indeed, we are. We're gonna hear. Uh, we're gonna hear real good man, real good man, real good man, real good man. <laughs> yeah, like, like, like Tim McGraw, real good man. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Uh, we appreciate you being here with us tonight. Uh, thanks for thanks for sharing your story so far, Johnny. It's been it's been interesting. <laughs> I, I, hope, uh, I hope if you're listening, uh, you know you might want to pass this one on. Uh, anyway, we'll be back with you in about four minutes. Thanks yeah. for listening to Recovery Internet. Yeah. Buckle up, buckle up for yeah, yeah. for two. stage two. Coming at yeah. you.
Welcome back. Thanks for being with us here. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Recovery Internet Radio, uh, internet-only radio station. Hey, maybe we'll get our FM license someday. Who knows? Yeah. You know, you know, well, you're going to find out about that tomorrow, aren't you? Yeah, I sure am. I sure am. Okay. I'll keep you posted out there. But uh, right. like we said at the top of the show, you can uh, reach us live during our Sunday night broadcasts every Sunday at 7 at 323-792-2977. And, uh, you know, whatever. In opinions, questions. Mm-hmm. You can also tweet us live during the show. I'm looking. I'm checking. I haven't seen any. Okay. But we do have 51 people out there that, that follow us. So, you know, for those 51 people out there, you can just tweet us. Boy, we're really killing it, aren't Anybody we? else, you, you're welcome to add us <laughs> at Rick Atwater. On 51 followers. Hey, we started off, it was months when we had like three or four, you know. So well, I, I remember having a big celebration when we got 17. Oh, yeah. Cupcakes. Ah. Okay. So anyway, anyway, so thanks for being here and thanks for uh, thanks for listening tonight. And uh, I, I would like to say a quick uh, quick word about uh, a program that we are involved in uh, on the board of, or I don't know, whatever you want to call it. It's uh, Sidekicks Mentoring. Basically, it's a it's a volunteer based, no cost mentoring program for youth at risk. Uh, we're not your we're not your boys and girls here. We're not your boys and girls club or, or what's the Big Brothers Big Sisters. Big Brothers Big Sisters, yeah. 
we're, we're, we're trying to fill the, fill the gap there because there's a lot of kids out there that are struggling, that are having problems, whether it's with substances, whether it's uh, trouble at home, what have you, and they need a positive role model in their life and parents are concerned, school counselors are concerned. Uh, you know, so we're, we're looking to connect those people with, with mentees that have maybe been down that path and have a vested interest in seeing to the well-being of, of kids that are at a point where it's kind of a make it or break it time for them. It, it might mean the difference between one path or the other. And, uh, I guess trying to get in there and, and you know, be of service to, uh, to these kids and uh, make a difference and give them positive role model in their life. We just had a benefit concert, uh, last, last, last Saturday? Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, last Saturday. So thanks for, uh, for those of you that, that were in attendance there. We had a, we had a great time and thanks to the other side in Crystal Lake. Uh, sober nightclub that uh, that let us uh, have the event there. It was uh, it was a real good time. And thanks also to Athena and uh, Mr. Mr. Chris Mathian for providing our wonderful entertainment that evening. So, that's so how do people get a hold? Uh, how do people get to uh, Sidekicks? The website? Well, you could if you take a left on Crystal Lake <laughs> Avenue. If you're familiar with Crystal Lake, no. Uh, you contact us via SidekicksMentoring.org. Uh, all the information is there, uh, how to contact us, uh, the phone number, and please call. If you have uh, somebody that you know that might be in need of mentoring or someone that you might, uh, any, anybody that want, would want to be a mentor that, that has an interest in giving back, we'd love to hear from you too. So give us a give us a jingle. The phone number is on the website. It's sidekicksmentoring.org. Cool. And guess who's going to answer? This guy. Yeah, yeah. You got the phone. I sure do. Anyway, okay, there we go. That's all I got to say. So, uh, sidekicks. Okay. Check it out. So we back. We back. Okay. Round two. Okay, round two. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. We, uh, we need a bell. Yeah, we don't have a bell. Ding, 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 ding. Bell, ding, ding, ding. I, I, there I got go. no bell. I got no. no I got a got no bell. We do no. have sound effects, yeah. but we don't have a bell. No. Okay. We'll we'll get that next time. We have a. Studio audience. Okay, quiet down, all you. Okay, so where we left off, I think was um, well. So we took the felony. That's yeah. That's more. I took the felony, and uh, you know, by that time, me and the me and the wife were separated. She was doing her thing with my stepbrother. I was uh, I was just drinking a lot, still going nuts. You know, I got I got a job with one of the contractors that I had illegally sold some tools too and I was doing that kind of work and um, you know I I still felt that I was somewhere in the back of my mind I was drinking too much and the job kind of got slow so I was looking for work and you know some people do like geographical cures I thought that if I got a job working at night I wouldn't be out drinking right so I got a job working at Jewel as an overnight stocker, and I was doing that. I was working at 11 at night till 7 in the morning. Problem is, is I was doing good at that job, and I kind of got itchy. I found the bars that open at 7 for guys like me. And uh, and I go there because mm-hmm. it was just like, you know, hey, I got off of work. I got to have a few drinks to cool off. Mm-hmm. Problem with that is, is that I start drinking. I don't know when I'm going to stop. And I would sometimes drink until it was time to go to work at 11 o'clock that night. And so I was doing that, and I'd show up to work drunk, and they'd be like, holy cow, 
and my boss would put me over in like the toilet paper aisle where I couldn't break anything. <laughs> you know, you're stuck these paper products. Yeah. <laughs> right. I can't. Right. I can't. I can't break yeah. anything there. So, you know, that was that was occasionally I would do that, or I just wouldn't show up to work, and that was bad. You know, even with the union backing me, you they no could, call, no show. They can't prop you up. They forever. they they can't help you if you don't show up to work. So, I was doing that for like I don't know a year and a half, and. They, I guess they thought I was doing good. I don't know how, but, you know, they promoted me to the day shift, and I went to a different jewel. And I and I was doing, like, a, a frozen food, whatever. That's how they promote you. And, and I was doing that, and then I got off work at normal time. And I would go out to the bar. So the problem with that is, is that I didn't know when to stop again. And then I'd drink until the wee hours in the morning, wake up too late, come to work late, and... And uh, in that time, I went to a bar, you know, looking for a four o'clock joint, and I walked into a place, and there was like three people in the place. So, of course, I walk into a bar, and I have a drink. So I had a drink, and then the next thing I knew, I was waking up at Swedish Covenant Hospital, and uh, somebody had broke a beer bottle over my head. And you remember it? No. No. I, I remember walking out of the bar, and that's all I remember. And the uh, people that were in the bar came out of the bar and found me laying in a pool of blood. Hmm. So luckily they found me, and I got and I got rushed to the ER. And uh, in the after I got treated, a nurse came in and was talking about, you know, we found some cocaine in your system and some cannabis, and you know maybe you might have a problem. Well, this out you don't like to hear that. I told them where to go. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to hear anything about it. Right. Just, I'm here to get stitched up, and I'll see you later. <laughs> you know, so they told me, they gave me some anti-seizure medicine, Dilantin, and they said, don't drink on this. Why did they give you anti-seizure medicine? Because of the, they broke the beer bottle over my head. Oh, so they thought you might, might have, have a seizure. seizure. Right, due to the head injury. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I said, okay, don't drink on this. I'm not going to take it. So I drank. Right. You know, I was drinking and I wasn't taking the medication. Screw that. You know, and nothing happened, but that was part of my drinking problem. Was that the first time anybody had actually said you have a problem or you might have a problem? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. This, but it sticks in your mind. It sticks in my mind. Because it was because, a nurse, it's kind of formal. Right, you know, like, and I had a beer bottle broke over my head. Yeah, so, so yeah, there's like kinda, a lot of things. They kind of like, you know, snapped some... You know, uh, shook something loose. Yeah, something shook something loose. A lot of things, yeah, came together then. Okay. Yeah, um, I think numerous people by that time had said that I might have a drinking problem. Was your first wife one of them? Um, maybe. I mean, Probably. Yeah. Yeah, probably, probably. And I remember, I remember trying to taper down, but I was like on three pool leagues, two dart leagues, and that took up five nights of the week. And so you're at the bar every, you know, five yeah, nights a week. Bar. Yeah, I and was then, at the bar every night. And then you got a party on the weekends. Well, I had to practice. That's right. To keep up my form for the darts in the pool. Right. So. I gotta say, you just said you, this is we're, we're north of Chicago, but you, he just said the bar. We're at the bar. You're the bar. Yeah. So, you know, so, <laughs> is that a Chicago? So thing? for our internet audience, you know, you might be able to locate us geographically. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. I was at the bar like all the time, you know, because that's what I, I I wasn't a guy that sat at home and drank. Right. That to me was not fun. Right. You know, I went to the bar to have fun. You know, and um, you know, it was just crazy. I remember, I remember having enough money to buy the drugs I needed, but I didn't have enough money to put gas in the car. So I siphoned gas out of my neighbor's cars to put it in my car, so I could get to the drug dealer's house. Right. I remember. I remember taking my wedding rings um, when I was still married to to, to the wife and uh, gave it to the dope man as collateral to give us drugs. Yeah. And then we go and pay off the the, the loan and get the, get the, ring and get the rings back. Yeah. And he said, "Don't ever bring these back. I'll melt them down." So I mean, it was crazy times. I mean, we fought many times, and she was more physical than I was. I don't know. I grew up knowing that I shouldn't hit a woman. I remember having her by the throat one time, just to keep her off of me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I wasn't trying to choke her, but I was just keeping her off of me. So there was physical altercations there when I was drinking. You know, and and, uh, and I remember her looking at me one time, and she, and I was like, "What's what's up? We're just fighting." And she had this wide-eyed look, and she goes, "You're bleeding." And I guess I fell and cracked my head in the alley. You and didn't I, even know it. I didn't even know it. Right. And I had blood all over. Me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so those were just. You know, little red flags saying, you know, you might have a drinker problem. Right. Um, you know, but... When's the next time somebody said it, said anything about it? I remember I remember there was an ex-girlfriend that said that, you know, um, if you want me to to stick around, you need to cut down on your drinking. Yeah. And uh, I said, see you later. Got to go. Yeah. Got to go I, siphon I, my neighbor's yeah. gear. That's, that's an yeah. easy decision right there. Yeah. For, right. Me, for me, it was always the booze and the drugs I always took precedent over everybody else. My right. family didn't matter. Uh, girls didn't matter. I had to have my medicine. Right. Because the medicine fixed what I thought was the problem. Yeah. You know. The empty, um, the empty space there. Before that, I backtrack a minute because I know we're running out of time, but when I was 14... My older brother committed suicide, hmm. and this was before I got rescued from the ghetto. Yeah, you know, and and, and that is this the brother that was the Wisconsin guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was living in Wisconsin, and they said he committed suicide. And uh, now I remember my uncles driving up to Wisconsin. They were going to go find out what happened, and of course they were bounced out of town. <laughs> <laughs> they confiscated their guns and and said, yeah. "You got to go." Um, but never really found out the true story of what happened. You know, there was there were stories of like he liked to play Russian roulette, what have you. Either way, he died. You know, and um, and he was only 19 mm. when that happened. And I knew he drank and, and smoked weed. Right. I don't know, you know, what else happened. Um, so you I, lost you lost the eight the, the the one brother when he was eight. Yeah, yeah, I was eight. He was eight. Right. I turned nine the next month. We were like yeah. And one of the things that, one of the things we 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 highlighted in the title of the show is we used the word tragedies. And I'm you know I don't know if they felt like tragedies to you at the time because there was so much other stuff going on. But there's some yeah those are those are pretty tragic things to lose a to lose a young kid at eight years old in a accident. And I'm thinking to myself, you're in a situation. Does anybody gr- grieve that or what? It sounds like everybody just gets pissed off, pulls out guns, and goes looking for the perpetrator. Right, and my mom drank. 
Yeah, and your mom yeah, drank. So what do you, you know, what do you get to, what do you get to feel? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Back then it was boys don't cry, and just keep going. Right. And you know, of there course, was no mom, grieving. My mom would have a crying jag and want me to cry with her, even though I didn't feel like crying. So I guess that was grieving. I don't know. You know. Right. And, then, and when they told me about my my brother committing suicide, they didn't know what I was going to do. They thought I was going to be like a loose cannon. Like I was going to explode. How old were you when he, when he died? I was 14. Right. Yeah, I was a uh, junior in high school. Because and, and, uh, everybody else, it sounds like, was a pretty loose cannon, too. So Yeah, why? yeah. My, my, my sister mm-hmm. was sniffing fingernail polish by then. Um, and, I, and I was uh, just pretty much whatever. Yeah, and the uncles were the uncles were. Oh, my uncles were nuts. They yeah. were all nuts. I remember seeing my uncle down a pint of vodka just so that he'd feel normal. Yeah. You know, and I mean, he just choked, 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 choked straight mm-hmm. vodka. Dimitri, top shelf stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no Michelob. Yeah, it's not Michelob. Yeah, it's just one notch above paint thinner, man. Right, 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 right. Just like my mom used to drink JB Scotch when she had a few bucks. But then at the end, when she was running out of money, she was drinking Murphy's. Ten bucks for a fifth. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, no, it was all, it just, you know, I mean. That was brewed at Mr. Murphy's house right yeah. down the street. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, it so. was just uh, crazy times, you know, and, and uh, after, after, the, uh, after the, the head injury, um, my spot wasn't uh, saved for me at Jewel. And they shipped me off to uh, Evanston, where I was still, you know, a frozen food manager. And uh, I was working there, couldn't get to work on time still because I drank. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that time, my parents, my step-parents, because that's who I was living with, said, you know what, we, we, uh, we can't. Uh... You know, they, by that time, they shipped me to my stepsister to live with her because she was recently married and she lived close to where I worked. And... Um, there was one time I was supposed to pay my bills with her, and I went out and drank my whole paycheck up. And she was all pissed that I drank all the money away, and her husband, of course, was pissed. He didn't like me at all. Um, but um, they shipped me to the YMCA. Mm-hmm. I woke up, and, uh, you know, they were, I was like, um, why are my bags packed by the door? Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, you're moving. I'm like, I am. I ain't got no money for uh, living at the YMCA. She goes, that's okay. We're paying for your first week. When you get paid, you pay your way. Hmm. But you got to go. They had it with you. Oh, yeah. They had it with me. And and by then, my step-parents kind of had it with me, you know. I mean, nobody really wanted to deal with me. My The girlfriends that I had, they were like, you know what, you got to go. I mean, I, I traveled light. I always had a jewel bag, <laughs> you know. That's, mm-hmm. that's what I had. Yeah. All my stuff was at my parents' house, mm-hmm. you know, but... Wherever I went, I just had, you know, the clothes on my back and whatever extra clothes I had, and that was it. You know, so it was always news to me when it was time to go. I never made the decision to move. They always made it for me. But it was always easy to get wherever you were going. Yeah, I had my own two feet, and there you go. So when did the, the, uh, uh, well, the turning point, because I remember talking to you earlier about kind of the turning point, a little play on words here, but the turning point was the the job you got uh, that... uh, the book place, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. By then, I had already, uh, you know, I had already thought about suicide, and I was, you know, I was working night shift again, and I was drinking all day, and uh, 
I just felt like I was going to crack. So um, I, I thought about killing myself, and instead I made a phone call, told my mom, you know, it's time, and she didn't even have to ask me where what was going on. She just said, where am I, where was I going? You know, where was I? And she came and picked me up at the bar. I gave her all the drugs in my pocket because, you know, it was payday, so I had bought, you know, supplies. Right. And uh, they took me to Parkside. I spent 18 days there. Told me all kinds of stuff that, you know, I had a disease. I latched right on that. It's not me. I'm sick. Right. You know, and, and uh, that only lasted for a little while. I, I, I went to these big open meetings, didn't have to talk to anybody, drank the coffee, laughed at the stories, see you later. Mm-hmm. You know, didn't really. I had a sponsor, but when he told me stuff I didn't want to hear, I stopped calling him. I lived at a halfway house. Right. When they were telling me how to do things, I said, you know what, you're not running this place right. I got to go. So I, I went back to working at this uh, at the Jewel. I got fired because I didn't like to go to work when I drank, and um, and I went to my one of my buddies got me a job working downtown at a law book place, and uh, how bad could it be? I'm working with guys I drink with, and I'm getting paid like seven bucks an hour, and that's enough to get me drinking. Sure. Um, the, the one thing that they did was that they bought and sold used law books, and I would go to the lawyer offices, box up the books, and bring them back. And this one was down in Champaign County and uh, at a courthouse. Mm-hmm. And so I picked up this elite truck rental. It was an 18-foot straight truck. And I was driving home from work, which was downtown, but traffic was bad, so I stopped off at the bar to wait out traffic. Had a few drinks. I stayed there about eight hours. And uh, traffic was bad that day. Yeah, yeah traffic bad. was real bad. Right. Um, but when I started drinking, it there, was just... there go those darn red flags again. <laughs> <laughs> They're all popping up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I got some cocaine because I knew that I wasn't going to go to sleep. And so, you know, I, I got a six pack for a travel companion. And I had the cocaine and I started driving to Champaign County. And about 9 30 in the morning, I was lost. Didn't know where I was going. They didn't have, I didn't have GPS. So I mean, back then this was '93. I didn't right. have that stuff. Um, and I got stuck in a ditch. I, I was trying to do a three-point turn with this big, big-ass truck, and I got stuck in a ditch. Couldn't get out, no matter how hard I tried. I took all my empty bottles, threw them as far away from the truck as I could. Um, the tow truck driver came, got me out of the ditch. And while he was doing that, a state trooper pulled up. Um, I was like, oh, here we go. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm hammered, hammered. And I'm like, man, this ain't going to go good. So I'm doing the field sobriety test, which I had done many times before. And because you had and, the cocaine, you probably did fine. Well, I thought I was doing good. Yeah. I thought I was doing good, you know. And, and, and the cop goes, I got one more test for you. And I'm like, all right, great. He goes, put your hands behind your back. I'm like, okay, I'm almost done. And click, click. I got the bracelets on, mm. and he started reading me my rights. And that was the end of the road. You know, I got locked up, and, um, you know, I got put in Champaign County Jail in uh, general population. And, um, you know, these guys were talking about what kind of a job I was going to get. You know, I should get a job with the laundry because that's a good job. And I'm sitting there going, oh, shit. This ain't just... Uh, you know, a slap on the wrist, I'm getting my overnight or I'm a cup of coffee, bologna sandwich, and on my way. Yeah. You know, and uh, so I was there for a couple of days, 
you know, and, and they, they, uh, they let me go, you know, my parents came and bailed me out, you know, and, and, um, you know, in that time they had, you know, 90 days between, uh, I got busted April 1st of 93 and my court date was July 8th of 93. Um, in that time I had to do, uh, an assessment and you know what? I just told them how I drank. Hmm. You know, I, I was honest with them. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they said I was a high risk alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you sure you want me to write all this down? And I'm like, yeah, that's how I drink. You know, that's the truth. Right. So they rated me a level three high-risk alcoholic. And um, Is that the first time you, you really laid out the whole truth anywhere? No? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. whenever people ask me about my drinking, ah, I drink a little bit, yeah. a few drinks here and there. Right. No big deal. What do you think made you tell the truth at that point? Um, you know, I think I was sick and tired of lying. Yeah. You know, sick and tired of being sick and tired. You know, yeah. I mean that's the saying. It's done. And, and I was just done. Yeah. You know, so I told the truth. And uh, when I went in front of that judge three months later, he was like, um, "What's going to be different this time?" You know, and I just finally said, "I don't know." So I'd already been to treatment for alcohol before. Right. You know, I had all this list. I mean, he had my whole history in front of him, my yeah. whole rap sheet. You know. Yeah. And um, you know, he had the alcohol assessment. You know, what they. Uh, reported sure so i don't know what happened i think it was god i don't know but they gave me a break hmm. they said you gotta go back to treatment you gotta do like 75 hours of treatment uh you gotta be drug tested once a month for 10 months and you gotta go back to aa huh. you know three three meetings a week and you get three days to get there and i was like only three days how am I going to find a meeting in three days? <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea that there was thousands of meetings available right. in the Chicagoland area. Right. You know, so, um, you know, I don't know what happened, but, you know, I mean, all I can say is that you got to be just like it says and how it works, honest, open-minded, and willing to go to any length to, to stay sober. And you've been you sober know, since then? I've been sober since July 8th of 93, because, of course, after court, I had to get high. Oh. <laughs> so my, yeah. Woo, so dodged the bullet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. So yeah. my sobriety date's July 9th of 93, and, and uh, you know, it's been the best ride in my life is that, um, you know, I just, they taught me how not to drink one day at a time. Yeah. And it's yeah. that simple. You yeah. Know, I don't drink and I go to meetings, and if that's too hard, I go to meetings and don't drink. <laughs> yeah. And if that's too hard, you just don't drink and don't die. Yeah. Yeah, don't die. Yeah. Don't die. And, and so and, far that's worked. Yeah, you know, I just read online today on Facebook, you know, that, you know, you guys are talking about that sidekicks mentoring and stuff. This young kid OD'd on heroin last week, mm-hmm. not even 21 years old. Yeah. You know what I mean? And whether you got a heroin addiction, cocaine, marijuana, alcohol, you know, you can go, you can go to AA meetings and say you have a desire not to drink today and we'll take you in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, you're a miracle. Um, don't always feel like that. But, you know, I mean, it's a Sunday night at 8 o'clock, and uh, I ain't drinking. So that's a miracle. That is a miracle. I was a daily drinker, and uh, <coughs> that's a miracle in itself. Well, I want to, uh, I want to thank you for coming. Um, well, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. It, was, uh, it was a good story and a good ride. And, uh, you know, the, thing, the, the, the title of the show uh, was... Uh, he turned it around. 
<laughs> and I was thinking about that truck when I wrote that. Yeah, yeah. And it took me so long just to get yeah. to that truck store. Just yeah. to get to the truck store. This is but a better that, turnaround. That one ended but you up know in what? a ditch. But. It is, it, that's what it is. I mean, it took all that time to get to that story. It did because it did, you know. It yeah. took all of that to get you, what you where you needed to go. Yeah, there's a lot more stories than that. So I'm yeah. sure there are. Well, <laughs> again, thanks, thanks for coming tonight, and uh, thanks to our listeners, and uh, we appreciate you uh, listening to our show. We'll email out our reminders for next week's show, usually at the end of the week. Um, we try to look at sobriety from a wide and open perspective, and we'll continue to do that. Um, I think. Let's see. Next week's show actually is going to be a very interesting show because we're going to have some. Young, a panel of young people that are um, not drug and alcohol users. And I'm very interested to... Where, where'd you find kids like that? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know exactly. I re- we really want to bust up a, uh, some stereotypes that everybody does it because everybody doesn't do it. And these are, these are kids that, you know, live good lives. And, you know, like a lot of kids that we don't talk about and that don't get any press because they're not screwing up. So um, it'll be interesting to talk to them and find out what they're doing right. Um, So that'll be a little bit different. So remember uh, to check recoveryinternetradio.com for all of our archive shows. And if you want to sign up for our email reminder list, that's the place to do it. Um, We'd like to hear from you because we don't know where you are since we're an internet radio show. Although, Chris, you're going you're gonna to be doing some research and uh, talking to the WGN guy, so who knows yeah. where we might take this little... I just assume everyone's from Chicago. So yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you all know what WGN is, even if you're in Turkey. <laughs> um, so as always, live today, love yourself and your neighbor, and together we'll trudge the happy road to destiny. We hope you've enjoyed the show, and we'll see you at 7 p.m. next Sunday night. <whistles> Woohoo.